Hello, my name is Max. Today we are going to talk about why New Zealand importing businesses fail and tips how you can avoid it. And we're starting right now. Welcome to the show for business owners. Proudly brought to you by easyfreight.co.nz. If you want to learn more about other business hacks, then subscribe to this channel. And you can ask me any additional comments down um, in the comments below. Our guest today is uh, Bob Weir, who is a business advisor with 30 years of business experience. And he has recently published another book called Why Businesses Fail and a Journey Through Our Irrational Minds. He was also featured in New Zealand Herald, Radio New Zealand and other media websites. Today you will learn why did Pumpkin Page Limited collapse? How did leaders of the popular companies make decisions that triggered the breakdown of their businesses and other practical tips you can implement today. Bob, would you like to add anything else about yourself or your business? No, well, thanks, Max. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, like I said, I've been in business a long time, but I guess in more recent months, or actually recent years, I was doing a lot of research on trying to expand on that with regard to understanding a bit more about how to be successful in business, but I came from it from the angle of looking at why businesses fail, and so many of them fail in, in New Zealand, and see what we can learn from that. So, no, not much more to add, but um, yeah, very keen to have a chat about it. What, what made you to write this book now? Well, I, I, I've written a couple of other books, and I guess firstly I enjoy the process of researching and learning information and then sharing that. So that, that process I love doing. But I guess I had a particular interest from my advice to other businesses and running my own businesses is that how could we be better at it? Um, but I came from it from a different angle. I thought rather than looking at from being successful is, well, let's learn from the people who weren't, who got it very wrong. And I guess I started out with a small amount of information, but that just grew and grew as I did more and more research. And it ended up being another book, um, which took me about three or four years to produce. So it started out with a desire just to learn more about why businesses get into so much trouble in New Zealand, because too many do. Well, was there anything in particular that you didn't expect that you discovered? Well, the main thing, was, when I started out, I was sort of using my business experience and training, I guess. I was looking at the more traditional things like growing too fast, getting borrowing too much money, cash flow issues, all those sort of things. But what I found, the more I looked, is there wasn't a lot of common threads. There was, there was a whole lot of things happened, but they weren't the same in all cases. The only thing that was the same was the person factor, the human being involved. And the fact that these businesses were led by people or owned by business that made some pretty strange decisions. And that's what led me on a path down the psychology of, hence the second part of the book title, is our rational minds. So that was a piece I wasn't expecting, but I probably spent a fair amount of time looking at how we make decisions and why we get so many of those decisions wrong, when even at the time we should have known better. So it journeyed off into a sort of almost a study of the human mind as much as it did about the business itself. So that's the bit I wasn't expecting, but was quite enjoyable all the same. Um, I had a question uh, from one of our clients. He was asking that some social media influencers and business advisors, they say one of the best ways to get new clients and make your business successful is to get referrals. Yes. Um, do you have any in particular tactical or specific example, how do we get these referrals? Because it's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's, there's no doubt throughout the world, the best marketing tool any business can use on the planet is to get referred by a trusted source. So if someone you know 
recommends you use a business or buy a product from someone, you'll trust that over any other form of marketing. So that's what everyone's aiming to achieve, is to get referrals. Probably the most critical thing in getting referrals is when you do work, you do a really good job. I always use the argument that if the best marketing you can do is to do a great job every time you do it and have great customer service and sell a product that's worthwhile and, and useful and people want to do it, because that word spreads. So it doesn't matter what marketing you're using, if you're not doing a great job every time, you won't get referrals because people won't say good things about you. So that's a very critical thing. Unfortunately, when you start out a business or you're smaller, you, you can't just afford to rely on referrals because um, you haven't got enough customers, so you have to do a lot of the proactive marketing. But, but basically, I think there's no simple um, answer to this one, Max, because we all battle and do it. We've, we've got to market ourselves as well. We've got to get networking going, so we're meeting with people. And then when we get a chance to do a job for someone, provide a service, produce a product, sell a product, we've got to do it really well. Because if we don't do that, the referrals won't come. But what are the signs that um, business is about to fail? Is there any sign? Is it all, most of the time, is it just sudden? How can no. You no, uh, yes, sorry, I'm actually jumping in there, but um, I guess because I'm jumping in, because <laughs> it's a very good question and it's one that comes up all the time. And it's some well, first thing is, is that very rarely is it sudden, particularly for the bigger businesses. If you're in a small business, things can go wrong a lot quicker because you're smaller, you don't have the cash to, um, to get out of a problem quicker, and things can happen a lot quicker in small businesses, no doubt. The big failures I looked at, they were coming for many years. It's just people didn't take it, um, notice of the signs and do something about it. But the sort of things you'll the thing that you'll see first in any business that's getting into trouble is issues around cash. Now they say cash is king and it's absolutely correct. It's usually not the cash that caused the problem, something else is happening in the business to get into that situation, but it will be that you're starting to struggle to pay the bills, to, to manage your tax, you've got creditors chasing you, and you can't find the money to pay them. Now, why that's happening is the challenge. But as soon as you start to struggle with paying the bills, meeting your requirements with the banks, paying your creditors on time, or you've got the tax department chasing you, if any of that's starting to happen and you don't know why, you need to stop very quickly and work it out because then if that starts to continue, it will happen a lot quicker in small business and it's harder to get out of it in a small business. So always look at the cash, you know. Because if you're struggling with that, doesn't matter how good everything else is, things can happen a little quicker than you would like. Um, while I was reading your book, I've noticed one interesting um, statistics. You were saying that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that 75% no, no. of the failed businesses had a single director. Then I'm yes. sure that 12% had two family-related directors, could be married couple or uh, family members, meaning nearly 90% of failed businesses had a single director or run by family yeah. and if you put it into numbers out of 100 businesses that would be 90 failed and 10% that succeeded had some kind of business partner unrelated yeah so in would it be correct to say that if you have unrelated business partner could be a mentor or some other other business partner you are nine times likely to succeed if you have a single director for example yeah, well, I guess I haven't looked at it in that way, but I guess the piece that information is, it's a good insight into, and you've obviously done your homework on the book, which is great, Max. I guess the, 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 the statistic for that, what it showed to me initially was, I looked at a thousand business liquidations. Because when I say failure, I mean a business that's gone broken, gone into liquidation. 
And most of those were small businesses with a single director or a mum and dad. So it's far more common that a small business is likely to fail proportionately to the big guys. Unfortunately, when the big guys fail, it's usually a lot more pain because they're bigger and there's a lot more money involved and people involved. But you're right, is that the businesses that fail are small and a lot of the times people are isolated. They're on their own, they don't seek help. And when you're very emotionally attached to things, you often don't see what others will see. So there's, there's a, another key theme I found, even before I wrote the book, but it certainly, it certainly confirmed it to me, that business can be very lonely, very hard, and we don't know everything. Anyone who thinks they know everything in business, no, how, no matter how experienced we are, we just simply don't. So having people around you that can advise you is really important. One, because it gives some another perspective. And if those people care about you, they'll challenge you. They're not just there to be nice. They're there to help you and challenge you. And when you do come to make those really big decisions that could go wrong, someone's there to sort of say, well, have you thought about this? Or, um, you know, Bob, you think that's the right thing to do? It's not what you want to... I think you, your correlation is quite an interesting one. I think there's some real truth in that that I hadn't sort of put out exactly... The statistics show that small businesses are more likely to fail and they're usually families and, and mums and dads and directors on their own. And you're right, if you're on your own, you're gonna be more likely to get into trouble. So please always seek help and don't be, never think that you know it all because none of us do. So yeah, it's good insight, very good insight, Max. Uh, we had another question from Alex. Um, he's asking, um, can you see the question by the way, Bob? No, I can't, but please just. All right, I'll read it out. How, as a business owner, will any reader or another business owner benefit if they would read your book? Well, I guess there's a few things. There's a one, it's, it's quite interesting to learn from the mistakes of other people. Um, in some ways, it's a macabre interest we have as human beings. We like to, to watch other people do things badly. But in saying that, so there's, there's some quite interesting stories. Just There's a lot of case studies and that in there. So certainly the case studies. I guess it's a, um, a, a, there's a lot of information that I collate together at the end of the book to say, well, if you want to be successful based on learning from others' mistakes, these are the things you should look to do. So I've definitely summarized everything towards the end of the book. But, but I, can, I guess a few other key messages for me from the book is it's not just about the basics of business. It's about understanding yourself and understanding the, the limitations we have as people and the mistakes we can make and the decisions we make. So there's a lot of insight into our, the, the limitations, our cognitive biases, as we call it, the things, the decisions we make, and we don't even know why we make them, or the things that are influencing our decisions. So that will certainly provide some insight that I didn't expect to get when I started the book that readers will get. Stop and think about what the biases that we have towards when we meet people, the biases that we have about information and how we interpret that, the biases that exist within us. So there's a lot of information there about um, the psychology of how business people and human beings work. So, um, and, you know, and I like to think I've written it in a style that's, that's accessible to anyone. You know, I, I don't think you need to be a business person to read it. And a lot of these failures like Pumpkin Patch, Solid Energy, South Canada were quite high profile and a lot of stuff in the media, some of which was true, some of it was an incorrect as normally happens. So there's a bit more fact behind why it happened. So yeah, a few of those things I found quite interesting. Hopefully others will. So Bob, we discussed uh, reasons why um, businesses fail, such as cash, cash flow, uh, or you don't have um, a business mentor or a business advisor. What other things that can make you succeed? What other things you can do to uh, make it easier for you? Yeah. Well, well, the things I find when you go into business, and it depends. Some, if you're in a big business, that's, that's one thing. But I'll assume I'm talking to the, the people that are in the smaller business side of things. 
the first thing when you're doing business is you've got to enjoy what you're doing. Because if you don't, um, business is pretty tough. And you've got, to get out, you've got to get some reason to get out in the morning and enjoy it. So you've really got to pick something. And, and if you're finding that you just don't like it anymore, eventually that lack of passion is going to um, impact on the financials and the business itself. Because you won't be putting the same effort in. You'll, you'll get a bit sloppy on things. So you've got to test with it. You enjoy doing it. Because if you don't, you're going to get into trouble. So you've got to enjoy doing it. And you've got to get some meaning out of it because um, it's just too hard not to do that. So that's one thing is testing, you know, is this really what I want to do? And if it is really what you want to do, that's a good start. You've then got to start to think about, well, am I clear where I'm going to with my business? Why is it here? What's, what am I trying to achieve out of this? And start to look a bit further into the future. Because if you're not, you're just living from weekend to weekend to week to week. And before you know it, years have gone past and you probably aren't getting where you want to go. So you've got to stop and look at the big picture. And then you start drilling down into the little things. For example, if you want to grow, um, how do you want to grow? Where do you want to grow? What what risks are you prepared to take? So, I mean, I could go into a lot of these and speak, you know, on and on. There's there's a lot of aspects of it, Max. I guess we could break it down into a few key areas if you'd like. Um, Sure. Okay, so I guess that's the first bit. Have a clear idea where you're going. Do you want to do it? Are you enjoying this? The next thing is, is that, well, say, for example, you're a small business and you want to grow. You want to get a lot bigger which is not all businesses want that, but a lot do. So, okay, you want to get a lot bigger. Well, the things you need to get bigger are staff and money. And the first thing you say, do you like employing people? Do you want, yes, I do, I like that. Or, or um, I, if you don't like it, well, you're probably going to struggle because you need staff. So that's one thing. Where are you going to get them from? The next big one is where you get money from because most Kiwi businesses don't have enough cash. They're undercapitalized. And the only place you can get it from is usually the bank. So are you prepared to borrow money? And if you are, what risks do you have to take? And then, as in, usually you have to borrow against your home. If you do that, um, are you prepared for the risks of that? Because if things go wrong, you might lose your home. But a lot of us have to borrow against our home. So then you, you start to develop that out. And then you start to look at your systems and processes. And then you look at, am I marketing to the right people? Coming back to your point before about um, referrals. Where am I going to get my business from? Because I've got to get enough business to pay the, the debt off. And so you start breaking it down into all aspects of the business. And that was another key message for me was a lot of the time it's a lot of the little things you've got to do well. It's not always it's you know, making good decisions, but also doing all the little stuff well, you know, from day to day. So, I mean, yeah, so there's a lot there to summarize in a, in a small space of time, Max. But um, there's a few key messages in that for me. Uh, and uh, if you've just joined us, I'm talking to Bob Weir, who is a business advisor with 30 years of business experience. And if you want to learn other uh, business tips and tricks, then make sure you subscribe to our channel. Bob, um, it's no secret to anyone that in 2018, you have to have digital presence uh, yeah. presence on different social media. But yes. It's still a fact that many businesses do not have a website like the, the, yeah. the last time I heard 50% of New Zealand businesses don't have a website yeah why why do small businesses not have a website like why do why don't they do the basics yeah well this probably comes back to my point about the psychology of us as human beings is that um, common sense and rational thinking would say you have to have one but sometimes we don't do the things that are good for us for some reason I guess if I use because I'm from a sort of a slightly older generation obviously and but even now, when I first started advising other businesses, the first thing I said was, you may not need a website. You know, this is probably seven or eight years ago. But now I say to everybody, you have to have an online presence. If you don't, even if you don't sell online, um, or it, you, someone, people want to go and find out about you. 
But a lot of times when, when we're in business, we, we either get stuck in our ways, we get stubborn, we don't do enough research. And this comes a little bit back to us as human beings making, not making the best decisions or not getting the right advice. Because I completely agree with you, Max. This, you know, and we don't, we've only just met, but I can't agree with a person more about you have to have an online presence in this world now. And that could be for any number of reasons, you know. Um, I'll just turn this around, sorry. But, um, but, but, um, but, sorry, mate. But yeah, you have to have a, an online presence. And it could be that you're selling online. It could even just simply be when you meet someone, they want to go somewhere and find out something about you. And if you don't have a website, where are they going to go? Because all of us are online looking to find out. So if I meet you for the first time, I'll go to LinkedIn and see your background. I'll look at your website, see what products you sell. People are going to go there. So you have to have a strong presence there as a minimum. And the reason people don't have it is, um, one, they, they think it's too expensive and they can't see the value from the money because you have to spend money. And most businesses lack cash, so they'll always cut somewhere. And unfortunately, sometimes it's not always the right place. I think that's one place you shouldn't be cutting. You should have some presence, even a Facebook page as a minimum. I'm still a believer of website. You can get a very, very good website these days for not much. So, yeah, why do people do it? Because I think... We don't see the value in these things and we don't ask around, we don't ask advice. But yeah, you need to be online. Most of our clients, they import goods from Asia to New Zealand and there are a lot of competitors, a lot of similar companies mm. like them. So if you are, if say you would start an importing business and you would, you would want to import any widget or any product yep. from Asia to New Zealand and you've got, I don't know, 50 other competitors which are very similar, what the first three things you would do to stand out to to um you know to be competitive to get this market yeah well, i guess the first thing when you, you if you're starting out if you're going to go to import something you want to have done your homework i'm not sure if this is three but i'll just give you a general sort of some ideas you really want to make sure that you're something that you're importing there's going to be a demand for it i mean there's not much point importing something when there's no demand so you need to do some level of research and that may not be a lot of detail or start importing at a small level to assess the market so you've got some understanding and this is a bit of the risk if you went and um, decided on something and then imported four or five crates full of that product without testing the market at all you could be left with four or five crates of something that you can't sell so i think the first step is to do some sort of testing of the mark of the market i think in every business whether it's import or other you have to be clear on it's a, it's a jargon but your point of difference what is different about you or your product that's going to make someone interested so you've got to be very clear on that so when you do go out and start to sell it that it's very clear well, what are you offering that the next guy is not offering is it price is it a quality product is it targeting a specific market have you got access to something that others don't what is different about you because in the end all of us as consumers don't care about the person selling it. They only care about themselves and what's in their benefit. So tell me what benefits me in buying your product. And if you can't find a difference, you're probably going to struggle between all the others. The danger with price is that if you're small, um, a price battle can end up, the small guys usually lose those battles. So you tend to find if you're a smaller importer competing with very big players, you probably need something other than price unless you've got access to something that very few others have because I usually find the small people, the small businesses in a price battle would be the ones that lose because we just can't support you know, low margins for too long. So if you, if you are looking at a price, you need to make sure you can sustain that. Uh, and then you really got to look at your market. So it's coming back to your points about online, whether it's online marketing, um, direct engagement, whether you're selling through distributors, um, through retailers, it's how do you get your imported product to the end customer. So I'm not sure if there's three or four or five in there, Max, but it's, you know, if, 
the first thing I'd leave in summary, make sure before you make a commitment like that, you do it at a scale that you can test the market. If you overcommit, invest a lot of money, what if it doesn't sell? Can you answer that question? If you said, well, if I start small and test the market, um, I'll then grow, I can handle that. Make sure you've got a very clear view on what your point of difference is and who you're selling to and what their needs are. And then also the, the route to market. Is it directly to customers, which is often more difficult, or through other distribution channels, you know, retailers, um, wholesale distributors, or someone else? So there are a few ideas off the cuff. With getting a mentor and an advisor, at what, at what point do you have to start thinking about it? Is it like right from the beginning? Because it's some of the services is, are not cheap, right? Because you yeah. are approaching uh, a person with, uh, with an experience. Yeah. And so the, how do you decide? Well, what's the third process the business owner have to take to decide if, if it's going to be suitable or not? Yeah. Well, when you're starting out, I use the saying is try and find the best advice you can afford. And when you first start out, you probably can't afford much. So, but there's, about, there's other ways of getting good advice without having to spend any money. For example, if you're starting out on your own, join the Chambers of Commerce, that might cost you a couple hundred bucks a year, join some networking groups, because then you're going to surround yourself with like-minded people who you can get advice from, just from their experiences. So that you can get advice through those sort of channels as a starting point. If you know people in the business community that are personal friends or family, also tap into that sort of knowledge when you're starting out and you haven't got a lot of money. Just make sure they're not they're not just nice people actually know what they're talking about because sometimes people can tell you nice things that don't help you. But the stage with which you need to probably step up to that is probably when you're getting bigger and probably it's a lot when you can afford it because, um, yes, you're right. So advice can be costly and it may be different advice at different times. For example, when you, 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 you probably need, I think every business needs an accountant of some sort. Some accountants are very good at offering additional advice. Some accountants are just good at tax and the basics. So your accountants might be a source of advice early on. Um, you may need some legal advice and have to chase that. So the advice you get may depend on the stage the business is at. Getting a sort of more formal mentoring relationship, I, I found myself, because I do do a lot of help for small guys that are starting out, but I tend to find I do that just, just over a free coffee just to help people out. The most often times I get people is when they're slightly bigger, they might have a few staff members, they're a more stable business, and they've got a regular cash flow coming in, and they have ongoing issues or they're in the middle of a, a, a change in their business. They want to grow, they're in trouble, or they're just at a size now they want some support. But you usually find you have a, at least some basic level of capital cash behind you to be able to get some ongoing advice. But you know, I don't want to talk about prices from my point of view, but there are some pretty good people out there that don't cost huge amounts, but you need to shop around as well. So I think there's advice out there at all stages. Just try and find the right, best advice you can afford. I would agree with you that one of the best uh, ways to get advice is to use um, websites like Meetup. They've got yep. different free groups you can join, or you can um, find some groups on Facebook um, that are yeah, other people there. If people want to learn more about you and your services, uh, how can they find you both? Yeah, I'm on, on my, I've got a website and you think, you know, well, it'd be a bit terrible if I talking about websites that didn't have one, but I do I have a website called um, Pinpoint Business, so www.pinpointbusiness.co.nz, and our book's on a separate win, um, website if you want to buy it or look at that, it's um, um, whybusinessesfail.co.nz. And, and, and just the stuff you're doing now, Max, is this is another place people can go to. The sort of things you're doing is great. You're getting, you know, so there's a lot of really high quality um, free advice out there as well for small business owners to help them as well. 
So all these things go together to help them. So yeah, check out our website. We've got some stuff there. Check out what you guys are doing on you know, Facebook and that, that all helps us. And it doesn't cost anything. So. Uh, I know you're a busy man, Bob. So thanks uh, a lot for your advice and um, look forward to reading maybe another book of yours. No, it's a pleasure. I really appreciate your time, Max. And I think you guys are doing a fantastic job helping businesses out. So keep doing it, please. Thanks for the feedback. Okay, all the best.